Yvonne and Happy New Year. I took a few weeks off to spend with family and I hope you also managed to have some time with family or friends wherever they may be. I'm very aware that travel is still not easy. The rules are ever-changing and it's not cheap either. With the various PCR tests you may or may not need on top of vaccination certificates for various countries and even various airlines. Well, now for some good news. We're going to talk about a huge cultural event on our doorstep here in Luxembourg as Esch sur Alzette, 10 pro-sud towns and eight French towns that constitute the Communauté de Communes Paysaux Val d'Alzette become the European capital of culture. That means a full programme of major cultural events and exhibitions across the whole region, open to everyone. With me to discuss this is Nancy Braun, the General Director of the ESH 2022 project since it was announced in December 2017, and also Jessica Marie Rausch, who is leading PR and public affairs work for ESH 2022. And just to give a little background of you both to our audience, Nancy, you have already much experience of this sort of work as you were Deputy General Coordinator of the Luxembourg and Greater Region, European Cultural Capital in 2007. And you also worked as Administrative and Financial Director at the Luxembourg Bar before joining the Democratic Party as General Coordinator. And from 2016, you were the director of the Casino Luxembourg. And Jessica, you are a PR and communications expert. And alongside many, many other roles, you were global head of PR for Villeroy & Boch. So welcome to you both. Thank you. Now, just diving into this, I'm sure most of our audience, if not all of our audience, know what a European capital of culture means. But in your work over the last few years, give us a flavour of what it means from your experience of living and breathing in it as an organ. The most important thing to keep in your mind is that the city and the whole region will be in the spotlight on the European level, showing the cultural richness in the broadest sense, of course, on the European level for a whole year, also preparing a project which will have an impact not only now for 2022, but will have a long term lasting impact. It's also about public. We try to find or reach a broad and diverse uh, audience try to prepare also the audience to access to this culture and to a whole program. It's also about educating, education about culture. People is a very important element in such a project. This is not only for, for Ash the case, but I think this is really in general uh, an element which is very important also for our partner cities and the future ECOC cities. And speaking of the partner cities, could you mention what the other two cities are involved in this project? Yes, so we have two partner cities. It's Konas in Lithuania and Novi Sad in Serbia. It's quite special that we are three cities for 2022. Normally Novi Sad should have had its program last year, but due to COVID, the European Commission decided that, uh, well, the program should be reported to 2022, as there were also other two cities for 21. It's Alefsina in Greece and Timisoara in Romania who will have their program in 23. So we are three having this ECOC label, which is a very important part because it's all about the European dimension, because we are a European project. And so these connections to this 
partner cities is very important. And And indeed, it has been a European partnership with, I think you mentioned about a third of your project time delineated and defined by that collaboration with the other two cities. Exactly. In 2019, we launched a call for projects. We have now around 130 projects which are developed or produced by our programme partners, representing more than 2,000 events and activations. And from this, there's around one third of these projects work together with Konas or Novisad, all the three cities together. And I think this is a very important part because it really shows and gives us the, the possibility to bring not only the population together, but also bring cities together and bring countries together. And it puts the spotlight on cities that I confess, apart from Esh, I have not heard about the other two cities in Lithuania and Serbia. I'm learning as well. And as you also mentioned, it allows those cities to be redeveloped in hopefully a sustainable way. But it's not just European-wide, it's also cross-border collaboration. Exactly. So as you mentioned already in your introductions, in 2022, there will be the southern part of Luxembourg, together with eight municipalities from the northern part of France who uh, join us in this adventure. So we are about 200,000 inhabitants on this territory, around 28,000 in France and the rest in Luxembourg. So I think this is also a great opportunity, not only on the European dimension basis, but also to develop projects very closely together and to work very closely together. You mentioned also that I did work for Luxembourg 2007. In 2007, we, we addressed the whole greater region with our project. And this was far too big or too large. Now we have the opportunity to work on a much narrower territory. And due to the fact that it's smaller, we have really, really close collaborations and exchanges with our French partners. And this makes it really a very rich project concerning this transborder uh, collaborations. That's really interesting. As you mentioned before, you had the greater region in 2007 for Luxembourg, and now it's almost more personal across that that border region with France. So tell us about some of the projects that have been given the tick, the go ahead, and what you're really looking forward to, because I can only imagine how hard you've all been working. It must be quite scary that everything <laughs> is about to begin, but also you must feel quite proud With COVID, again, the organisation must have been very, very difficult. Well, yeah, actually, it was not so easy. We had a good start in 2019 when we had this call for projects, like 600 projects were submitted, ending up in more than 2,000 events and uh, activations. This was quite huge progress, but then came COVID and, uh, well, everything changed a little bit. We will do it. Starting on the 26th of February with a big opening in Ash during 10 months, we will have a programme. I cannot enumerate all these 130 projects, but I think what is very important to keep in mind is that in Ash, you will have during these 10 months in Ash City, in Ash Belval, a very diverse programme. Well, you have music, you have theatre. In Belval, we have a large exhibition concerning digital art, for example. But then what makes the programme so rich is that we have the whole region to show. So besides Ash, every month there will be another municipality in the spotlight. Nearly every municipality has its own theme. For example, we are going to start in February now on the 22nd with Kerzing. Kerzing is more about traditions, local production, local producers, etc. 
Afterwards comes Petange with Remix Yourself about the cover card, for example, which is also giving a new spirit to this cover card. And especially now with the COVID situation, we have to rethink the gathering of all this public coming to Petange and having this festive moment uh, together. Afterwards, there will be a literature which will be in the spotlight with uh, Betambour, for example, and so on. So every single month you will have something to discover in the region. And at the end, with everything we are showing, so on the one hand, there will be a cultural agenda, of course, but we will also talk about the tourism, tourism development and show the identity of each single municipality. And at the end, you can see the whole richness of this region, of this territory, and not only on the Luxembourgish side, but also on the French side, and show the impact and the future of this region. And this is also part of our mission, really put this region on the map. And it's really wonderful that you have the university there. They can be so involved with this. Such a, a wonderful boost for those students who have not had the easiest experience over the last couple of years due to COVID. And at least now they have something literally on their doorstep to look forward to, to be part of, whether they're part of the exhibitions themselves or taking part as a voyeur. Jessica, turning to you, you've come with a book. This is a sustainable project. It's going to be long lasting and hopefully reinvigorate that part of Luxembourg. The book that I brought, it's a, a travel guide that has just been published in December called Zuminet. Now it's very exciting that things are finally taking off, getting more and more concrete. And one of those moments uh, we had together with uh, my colleague Thierry Kurten, who's responsible for tourism and mobility and sustainable development, was when we launched and presented this travel guide together with the Ministry of Tourism, because they have been very supportive, like Stellis. And as Nancy said, it's about to put the region onto the map. And of course, culture is a fuel for that. And we have a lot of exhibitions, events going on. But uh, we shouldn't forget or present to foreigners who might, you know, if they know Luxembourg, they know Luxembourg City or maybe Müllertal, but they should also think about the beautiful nature that we have in the South. Just to mention that the Prosud communes that you were mentioning, they are carrying the label Man and the Biosphere, UNESCO label. It's really also about how the nature has taken its place back after the industrial era and how beautiful that is. There's a lot of natural reservoirs, for example, Gila Botta, where you can go hiking, for example, the Minat Trail, which is also part of the travel guide, a hiking trail that connects all the communes in the south. So it's a beautiful way to discover also the area and uh, maybe meet people here and there, uh, maybe stay overnight because uh, that's one of the projects along this trail. And there are many after a competition, an architectural competition, several Kabaisasha, how we call them in Luxembourg. So like guest houses are built, little cottages, tiny hotels, for example, in the Minet Park in uh, Fond de Grasse, which was a very important site in the industrial era, there is an old train car that will be now transformed into a guest house. And I think that's a very cool way to also really stay there maybe longer, you know, just breathe some air of the industrial past, but also be in the present and see what's happening there nowadays. So there's a lot to do. If not hiking, then you can also take the bicycle and you cycle along the Minette cycle. And one important thing, the concept is that we zoom onto the less known places or less known details in 
very known places, but to really talk about uh, things that have not been discovered so far and about some special places. Just to mention in Ash City, there is a bar that really also all visitors should go to because there you can feel the multi multiculturalism. It's called Pitcher and they have a, a very special drink, which is blue. And about this drink, and I don't want to talk too much, it's also a story in the book. So I'm intrigued. Really, it's, it's something, you know, also for to have fun and, and some little stories to meet people. And um, yeah, we really hope that not only the book, but, but the entire uh, project will really make people come and stay. RTL Original Podcast. Well, I think you should get free blue drinks from Pitcher now that you put them <laughs> on the map. <laughs> you mentioned it, Jessica. I think one important thing is as well, you talked about stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have also a travel blog on our website where you can share your stories. You can rewrite actually this Zoom minute or bring your stories uh, to, to the public and share your experiences and Wonderful. what you've seen. This also goes within this participatory mm -hmm. aspect of of Ash 2022. So there's so many different possibilities, how you can contribute, how you can see, how you can participate, but also contribute yourself to the content of Ash 2022 and its further developments. So, so uh, just to underline that again, people can send in their own blogs if they've traveled in this area, if they've seen any of the exhibitions. And I assume the hashtag to give a guess would be Ash 2022. One of the hashtags. One. Well, exactly. exactly. There's, there's like a bunch. And um, to, to add maybe, so the section is called Travel Stories and it's a section on the website. And uh, we, of course, also have uh, tried to give like kind of a base and to show people in which way their articles could go. But then as Nancy said, And that's really the, the goal. Maybe they discover something that we haven't known. Because also in the Zoom Minute, there is some things, even people from Esch or the region or other Luxembourgish people, they said, oh, I haven't known this. So this was already nice. But I'm pretty sure all the people who, who discover it with a fresh eye, they will be able to talk about places, about things that they discover. And yes, we want them to share it with us and to participate and to have their own part in this whole adventure. Well, I know that's absolutely true. And my mother always said it as well, because my family moved from Ireland to London when I was uh, 10. And I remember her saying to me that when you live in a place, you don't always explore the place you live in. And it's often as a tourist with tourist's eyes, as you move country or travel, for instance, mm -hmm. that you see a place with different eyes. But I imagine also with the spotlight that's been placed on Esh and the surrounding areas, that people who are resident there, the 200,000 inhabitants, they probably are beginning to feel very proud of where mm -hmm. they live. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's one of our objectives of the missions, to give this proudness back to the people who are living in this wonderful region. It doesn't have the image it should have, because when you discover it, you just see the beauty and the richness of the whole region. Did you know that the first airport in Luxembourg was in Ash? Right. So, and there was a first line, Luxembourg, London, from you know, Well, funny enough, I, I'm pretty sure somebody has told me that. It's ringing a bell in the back of my brain, but I had forgotten it till you reminded me. Because <laughs> it was obviously one of those bits of information that was told and then went to the, it was sieved backwards. <laughs> and that's why this Zoom Minute is so important, because it brings up all these stories, small stories, bigger stories. So we would like to, to invite the audience, come and discover the, the, the region, the richness, and share your stories with 
months. And who knows, maybe in a second or third edition of the Zoom Minute, your stories will be part of them. Well, it's really wonderful. And I think it's the way that the whole world is moving now to a more immersive and collaborative community way of being. We see that with all of the social media platforms. That's why they exist. That's why they're so popular. And it's a lovely thing also to do, as you mentioned, I think, um, at the beginning, Jessica, this is not just for international tourism, but it's also for local people to rediscover or discover for the first time Absolutely. where we live, what is available. And I know <laughs> hiking has really taken off, perhaps not in a rather wet January, unless you have a dog and it is forced upon you. But <laughs> it's really one of those things that many, many people got into through COVID times when you were not allowed to fly so much. And more people have an environmental aspect to their travel as well these days. So to be able to explore where you live Uh, which is not so far away without all these expensive PCR tests and various, you know, dictates by airlines. It's just so lovely to be able to drive somewhere or cycle somewhere mm -hmm. and discover a region. So I think for all of those reasons, the tourism aspect is very, very important. And also, since you were mentioning, you know, the sustainability aspect, and we really also want to motivate people to come by train, by bus, instead of using always the car. So I think that the fact that the public transport is free in Luxembourg gives us really the chance to promote environmentally friendly transport. By the way, later this month, we will also talk about a collaboration with the local public transport company. Yeah, we brought together art with public transport. So that's going to be also something exciting to discover. We also, particularly for campaigns on the social or in the social web, we do collaborate with, for example, the rep of the band The Lab, Corby, who is rapping about towns in the south, for example, Rümelange and others, which also opens our project and the region to another target group, a younger target group, a music-oriented target group, and other, other ambassadors who help us to really promote the diversity and the different facets of this project. I'm smiling to myself because I'm going to have to look up this rapper because I, I'm obviously in a different category. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm Absolutely so sorry. My he's, ignorance. He's great. And <laughs> so the whole band. And they are very known in Luxembourg. Oops, and, I'm so um, sorry. Well, but you know what? I mean, I am I'm German and Luxembourgish, but I also had to discover throughout the, the past years a lot of things and a lot of people. And so this is all the beautiful thing about Luxembourg, right? We, we arrive here from other parts of the continent and I mean I grew up in the greater region so I have been in Luxembourg all my life uh, also here and there as a child but still there is so much to discover and especially then the south um, because we talked about it there's other parts that are more known the south has a very strong identity the people who live there the Mineta, they are very proud already about their region. And as Nancy said, of course, the project and all the collaborations that are done and all the communes with all the institutions and artists who have the chance now to show their culture, their tradition, their art, their work and their identity to give a piece of themselves to the guests who are coming. I think and I hope that will strengthen the identity and the love for the region and the future because we are in a transformation process in that region. That's for sure. That's why we're doing this. So in the end, we really hope that the outcome will be that there is a future for everyone and also proud feeling towards that. And Nancy, you've obviously given her an awful lot of wonderful work to sell PR-wise and communication-wise, but it's all on your shoulders effectively. So from the beginning, when you were handed this directorship, how did it feel and what were the steps that you put in place to organise this? 
Well, when I started in 2018, the project had already a certain story. I think at the beginning it was quite difficult and the journey in itself, I would describe it like um, Luxembourgish weather. <laughs> <laughs> so many moments when you didn't expect them, then uh, some rain, some storm. But I think it was during all these months and years now, it was a, a very, a very big challenge in order to set up the project, bring people on board. We are not alone. We have, and this is very important to know as well, as you have a whole region, you have the municipalities, you have... Well, all these project partners, you have politicians around you and you have to have all this motivation together to bring this project further and uh, create an impact on the long term. And you definitely have that team as a base here in Luxembourg, but you as the top of the pyramid for this project, really, you also had your colleagues in the other two cities. So did they help you think about ideas or the way they were structuring their year? Well, this is quite an interesting question. I think uh, when I came into the project, there was, uh, well, I didn't have this part of setting up the project and developing the Bitbook and being exchanged with the partner cities. And then uh, after first physical meeting, well, we had to switch to digital. We having regular meetings, although they are then digital, but we always exchanging on how projects are developing, how challenges are, are resolved or problems are resolved in the different cities. And I think what is really important from this uh, working so closely together, we are now come or came up and working on this, developing a, a common communication strategy, really to bring these three different cities on the map, being there as the European capital of cultures. Cultures is important and capitals of cultures. I think due to the fact that we are working so closely together, my homologues in Serbia and in Lithuania were quite there on the same page saying, yeah, we have to communicate on a common basis and really show what we are doing, what we are doing together in order to bring this European dimension in the spotlight because I think it's very important for the moment to really stress this and really show the impact what culture can have in the long term. Why is culture important? I think it's something which is binding us wherever culture or wherever you are from. I mean, this cultural aspect is something which is binding people, is binding cities, is binding countries. We can discuss a lot of different themes, political, but I think on this cultural basis, we are all on the same page and all on the same level. So I think this is what will bring Europe together and keep Europe together in the upcoming years. I'm very proud that I have these great partners around me on a European basis in order to show that through culture we create Europe. Culture is something very identity-giving. All the different nations, they have their certain cultures. And then on top of all, culture is so big. So also the understanding of culture is different. And um, that's why our program, it has a big variety because culture can be from the food and drinking culture, traditions, markets, producing, you know, in, in this way or another way. But then, of course, also more high culture, which is then like art, performing art, theater, literature. It comes in all different facets. It's something that, um, as Nancy said, is binding us. Even if it's very different, there is always a base Mm -hmm. And actually, from that point of view also, Jessica, when you've been in talks 
with international media or European media, what have been their main questions to you? What have they wanted to know about Luxembourg and Esch and the region in general? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, it depends a little bit on the country and then on the type of media. But in general, Luxembourg is more known for the banks than for the <laughs> industrial past in the South, right? But the wealth is coming from the South. So the history of Luxembourg, it's a very big part that the South has. And also with the bordering uh, French communes, because they share this uh, common history, which is also quite special, you know, Nowadays, people are crossing the borders every day. They are asking us a lot like, so why Ash? And what is Ash about? What is special about it? And what about the communes? Because then we explain that it's an entire region. So then they ask us, okay, why? And then we talk about the, the common history that this whole South and uh, with the connecting French part has. They are surprised when they come. They are fascinated when they come. May it be uh, by the nature, but also we talked about Belleval before, which is a part of Ash, where the university is, where you can see the past, the industrial past. You have impressive old buildings still there um, from the industrial era. But then you have modern architecture, you have the university, you have science, you have innovation. So this whole shift from the industrial era to the science society is really visible there. For example, just now in December, we had a great production with a German television that said the F and they, they couldn't even stop. Like the editor was so fascinated and she said, oh my God, I have to come again. And then she wanted to visit an old mine in odin le tiche which is one of the projects on the French side where volunteers, they reopen the mine, like the old mine, and they make it accessible. They want to show, they want to, um, they create escape games there. They want to do pop-up gastronomy concepts. So they do, they want to bring it back to life. I know it's going to be so exciting. I'm really excited also about that project because for sure the French part is a part, I think also for many Luxembourgish people where they usually don't really go a lot. We have the famous Italian film festival in Villerue. We have a lot of things to discover also now with a new cultural center that has been built and will be opened very soon, the Arche in Micheville, which is part of Villerue. In the end, they produced in France, when you go to Paris, for example, which is far away from this area, you know, even though it's like maybe two and a half hours by train from here, but politically and culturally. So there, um, because we organize, that's also part I wanted to mention with all the partners that support us. We work a lot with uh, Luxembourgish embassies in other countries. So we um, organized, for example, a press meeting in Paris together with the Luxembourgish embassy. And we had media there like Le Monde. We also had a few months before Le Figaro here in co collaboration with the Luxembourg for Tourism, who's an important partner for us to work with. And then when you start talking about the project and the region with Parisian or like journalists who are based in Paris, then you also have different conversations and they start to discover it really from scratch. And that's beautiful to be part of that mission to try to really bring it on the map. And people know when they are looking for a place to travel and they think, oh, what's the European capital of culture this year? They know that they're going to expect fun things. Do you not agree? Yes, I, I do agree. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's very difficult to explain what a European capital of culture is and what is it all about. Because uh, it's neither uh, a uh, contemporary art biennale, for example, nor is it a, a big uh, kermesse. Uh, so it's something in between. That's why it's uh, sometimes it's Actually, at the beginning, when you're talking about such a project, people cannot imagine what is all in it and um, it's only when it starts and people will feel and see 
What is it all about? We have, of course, there are some eco-coppers, let's say, <laughs> coming from all around the world because they know the concept. And uh, But I think there's still a lot of people who have to discover the, the concept and get the right things out of it, what they, they need. And I think, for example, with Ash 2022, as it's meant to be a very participatory project, people are can really dive in from the beginning bit and uh, participating in the development of the content of the project or uh, as a participant, something I, I would really like to stress is when you want to discover the program, well, you might become a volunteer because we are looking for a lot of volunteers to give us a hand in the project. But it's not only about giving a hand, but it's also discover the different projects, discover the program and discover the region on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you can make up a, a, a completely new network when you're arriving here to Luxembourg and actually you don't have your network yet. I think joining us as a remixer, as a volunteer for Ash 2022, uh, you you can be a part of a, a really huge community of really multicultural, think uh, very international uh, members and uh, find not only a network, but also maybe find new friends uh, for your life. Well, I know from previous conversations and I just know internally myself that volunteering is always one of those mm. things that wherever or whenever you do it, it always pays back in some capacity or other. It always feeds you. So final messages then. What would you like to leave our audience with apart from please come? What's your final message, your final thoughts on all of the work that you've done to date? I will leave the final, final word to Nancy, but I want to already tease because it's it's just connecting uh, to that topic that she mentioned of the participation. So the big opening is coming up on the 26th of February and there is also the participation aspect included. We had an open call for musicians and producers with future frequencies to create the sound of Ash 22. And then there's still uh, an ongoing call Ash 22 Moves, which, yeah, which calls out to people who love to dance to also be part of it so that's still also something to really be an actual part of the opening one day after there's the exhibition in the Möllerei opening um, in collaboration with the ZKM in Germany the Center for Art and Media and also there visitors can for example because there's different artists who are included and there's one artist Hannah Haslati you can for example have your face um, taken a picture of and then it will be three modelized if you can say that I don't know if that's right <laughs> I have to create an avatar yeah. oh. so so there's multiple ways may it be like in you know dance or music or uh, something you know very um, I say like a daily cultural uh, topic or then to digital art where you can really also experience it yourself and I would love to invite people to to take that chance That's lovely. I really like the fact that, that you're still on the lookout for people to kind of move on the 26th of February. Anyone there after their blue from picture. <laughs> exactly. Nancy, the final word to you. Well, I would like to invite everybody to join us, not only for, for the 26th, of course, But it's a very important moment for, for the opening and for the launch of the, the project. But I think it's really join us in this adventure and help us to shape the future together with us, the future, shape the future of the whole region and just be our ambassador. That would be just great. 
Well, I can't wait for it to start. I can't wait to see what you've been working on for a number of years now. I'm definitely going to be there exploring a region that I certainly don't know about. I'll be looking through that guidebook about the hiking that I must do with my doggy and hopefully a child or two in tow. (laughs) And and I very much like the idea of those little guest houses that are popping up along the route as well. So I think I have some local summer plans already forming in my mind when it's not raining anymore. I, I, I prefer to hike in drier weather. <laughs> but thank you both so much for your time. And it really is a very exciting in project indeed. And to our international audience, you've heard it here. You have an open invite to explore the region of Esh and beyond from February 26th onwards for the rest of the year. And of course, the partners there in Serbia and Lithuania. And I'll give links to all of those in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening as always. Please log on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, RTL Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review and please also subscribe. And as always, you can get in touch with me via social media or through the RTL Today team. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.